Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. This is the show about the show, the show within the show, where we pull back the curtain and let you in on the show. You can always get this by going to iTunes and searching Permission Granted. Or anywhere else that podcasts are downloaded, like radio.com, where I'm getting my permission-granted podcast these days. But also, if you go to the website, you can do that as well if you don't do the whole podcast thing by simply doing DA On Demand or Audio On Demand. CBSSportsRadio.com. Click on the DA Show tab. Raz joins me now. Here is one thing that we did not go over in the last week when I was finally back from Peru. My soccer experiences. We did not discuss how insane, how crazy these games were. That is right. And plenty that I've seen on Instagram, specifically in the story, the crowd look rocking, and that is so up your alley to go to a foreign land and hit a soccer stadium. Yes, this was my first ever foreign experience at a soccer stadium. And so I built in some travel because I was doing most of my travel out of Cusco, which is a smaller city in in Peru, but Lima is their massive New York City-esque Metropolis. Correct. They're, they're London, they're Paris, they're New York City. So I went to Lima for a couple of days specifically to go see soccer and had mapped out the matches that I was going to go see as part of their premier division, their first division. Now I can tell you this, soccer in Peru is huge. Their first division is a big thing. But trying to get information on these matches was damn near impossible. It's not like English Premier League or trying to find Barcelona. Where you go or on the Real. internet and the standings are up or whatever. It was hard to find anything. So you had no idea if you were seeing good teams, bad teams, mediocre teams? I could do enough research to figure out where the, what the standings were. I couldn't figure out much more than that. And I had to piece together like 10 different websites to find where the stadiums were, oh. who played where, when, etc. So that was a little bit problematic. And also, as you might imagine, none of these websites were in English. So I had to, like, translate on the fly. There's some Google translator stuff that works with some websites. and Some Peruvian, Spanish, Portuguese? They just speak Spanish. Okay. Like most of South America. Got it. I, yeah. It was worth asking. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm limited in what I can figure out about the stadiums and the teams and the game times and the ticket situation. But one thing that I learned by doing some research online was – don't go try to buy tickets to these games if you're not from there. doesn't work that way. And I'm like... Get screwed on a scalping situation or something? Oh, boy. No it's, StubHub in Peru? It's not like when you come here from, you know, pick your foreign country and want to go see the New York Yankees. You don't just walk up to a box office, buy tickets, and say, give me the best seats, and they swipe your credit card. No, 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 no. Not like that. 
So when I go down there, I have, and you might have seen the picture on my Instagram, at Damon Amendo, of my chaperone, if you will. Yes. And this was a guy that was set up for me through a friend that I have down there already. My friend down there speaks, he's fluent in English and Spanish. He says, I'm going to I'm gonna hook you up with a guy that I know knows Lehman, is a big soccer fan, but he doesn't know English. <laughs> so That's I, a tough day. So I'm now conversing with this guy over text, WhatsApp, and in person, trying to map the whole thing out. And he speaks no English, and my Spanish is limited to probably a third grade level. Pollo. <laughs> Pretty close. And I took Spanish seventh grade through freshman year in college. But how much of it stuck? How good am I really? I haven't used it in forever. Correct. So it's really difficult to explain. I want to go to two matches on the same day. I'm there for Saturday and Sunday. There's no matches on Saturday. Two games on Sunday. One is at noon. One is at 530. Two different parts of the city. And it's a big city. And it's a huge city. So first match... By the way, I document all of this for an upcoming Nomad episode. Surprised you were allowed to film? I had to be very careful. I brought down there, obviously, my phone, my iPhone 10, which is what I film a lot on. But then I also had a, I have a stabilizer for this to get really good shots and a tripod. I didn't even bother bringing those to the games. Because, again, I couldn't find out information of what was allowed in stadiums. <laughs> it, ain't I also, the, it ain't the clear bag policy with the NFL. No. I also brought down a GoPro, a little tiny GoPro that I could, you know, get some other shots. But again, I said, I don't know how much I'm allowed to bring in. So I had my phone and I had a tiny GoPro on me. That was it. So this guy meets me outside my Airbnb. We get outside. It's just a regular apartment building that they had rented out of one of the, the rooms and one of the floors. And by the way, this... Airbnb I had had no hot water, so that was great. Oh, my. Yeah. So get outside, ready to go Sunday morning. It's actually Easter Sunday. And this guy says, well, again, we're communicating in what is my pidgin Spanish. I mean, really, I don't know anything, but, and he speaks no English. How do you want to get there? And I was like, let's just take a cab. Okay. Taxi. I can do that. Taxi. Call a taxi. This guy tells the taxi cab driver where we wanted to go, and the taxi cab driver I could tell says, why would you want to go there? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's like, my my guy, Wanti was his name, Juan or Wanti, said, um, you know, my friend here wants to go see two soccer matches. And then, then they speak so- soccer in Spanish the entire way. So there's some common ground there. We get there, industrial part of the city, honking, crazy. There's a bridge we go over. Trucks are going by. It's nuts. It's wild. We go outside. We go into the stadium. Or we go outside the stadium, and there's armed guards outside the stadium. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Riot gear, AK-47s. There's like a police bus. And I'm going, oh, boy. Yeah, what are you walking into? Where's the ticket office? So Wanti asks where the ticket office is. He has a security guard bring us inside the facility which, again, is kind of like armored walls outside from the street. We go under a fence that had been pulled up and go into a quote-unquote ticket office, and the ticket office is two guys with laptops sitting in what amounts to be a janitorial room with a bathroom in it. There's nothing on the walls. It's this is dark. their box office? Yes. And I don't know, I don't know anything that's going on. 
Wanti starts communicating with them, giving them information, etc. He has to give them their his first name, last name, phone number, address, giving my my name, etc. And I'm like, what? We want to buy tickets? I just How do they tickets. fill the stadium? Just want to buy tickets. So I'm looking at Wanti like, is this normal? I'm looking outside through a broken window. What is going on through a ripped up fence? So we finally get he. They give us two tickets for. Uh, 20 soles each, which ends up being $7 a piece. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it's a good deal. Good deal. It's a nice, hot, sunny day in Lima. Go inside the stadium, and the stadium, imagine a minor league baseball stadium from the turn of the century that has not been updated since then. So basically concrete bleachers, a few plastic seats, and the quote-unquote press box is like your high school. It's an elevated wooden platform with kind of a wooden sides on it. Can you just go to Florida? <laughs> this is the experience. This is the adventure. So I go, and there it's like friends and family of a, a lower soccer team in Lima that draws like 400 people a game. Oh, so you went to minor league soccer in Lima. Now, they're part of Division One, but, you know, there's all regulate. There's relegation and promotion. Right. So this was probably a small San Martin was this team. Oh. Man. They get no bobbleheads. I'm guessing they get promoted up and then drop down, et cetera. And this was kind of the lowest tier. So it was like a couple hundred people, friends and family only. There is about 10 riot police inside the stadium, AKs, riot shield, For et cetera. friends and family? There were kids there. There were young women there. There were wives. And, and yet they had riot police. I don't know why. It was not a dangerous crowd at all. But there was maybe the threat of violence is always there. So they have to make sure they intimidate. Oh, man. I go, I say to Wanti, you, you want a survey set? I'll buy you a beer. And he just kind of laughs at me. I said, I'll, I'll go to the concession stand. By the way, when you go to soccer in Peru or anywhere else, you do not leave your seat during the action. 45 minutes of action in the first half, 45 minutes of action in the second half. You find your seat and you're there for the entire time. You do not leave to go to the bathroom, concessions, anything. That's such an American thing. Or, yeah, it's an American thing. You just get up at halftime. So I get up at halftime. I'm searching around the stadium. There's nowhere to buy anything. I go inside this little room, which is the quote-unquote concession room. You can buy a chicken sandwich, orange soda, or water. Can't buy beer. What are you, in a Little League game? Can't buy beer. It's a safety thing. Ah, boy. So I see this match, and it's a fun match, but the scoreboard? There is no scoreboard. I can't tell time. I can't tell players. I can't tell anything. It is a wooden, two wooden signs that have two yeah, numbers on them. The actual numbers of the, the score. score. That's it. And it's hand. It's it's a hand scoreboard. Just two two of them. I'd lose my mind. You have no idea what time is left. And I, It was so hard to keep track of what was going on. I had no idea. And again, I can only speak a really small part of Spanish. So I'm picking up one every ten words of what Wanti's saying and what other people are saying. But and you're telling me there's no room for spring football. <laughs> So this was game number one, and it's an experience, all right? A real experience. It sounds but, like it. But it's really tiny and really small. The next one we go to, the second stadium, after we go and get lunch, and I have beautiful roasted pork that is open, an open flame in a market with the rice and the onions. Oh, it's delicious. Then there in the open market, we had cervezas. I, I bet kept bringing the Cuscania beers oh. coming multiple times. Plus, we had a Pisco Sour, which is like their alcoholic drink of the country. So I was starting to get... You know, feeling good. Go to the second stadium. The second stadium is huge. The second stadium is like the Yankee Stadium. 
From what I gathered, Peru has Alianza, who is like the New York Yankees of Peru, and then this was the the team Universitario, which I think was like the Boston Red Sox. So rivals. These, these yes, the two huge teams uh, in Lima. And this stadium was enormous. I think it sat like 70,000 people. Oh, okay. So normalcy. But we go over there, and I'm like, well, can we buy tickets here? And there's no ticket office. You don't just, like, walk up to a Peruvian. How do people get tickets? Uh, So you have to have your name on your ticket. I think everybody, it's season tickets. My guess is everybody has to have season tickets, and they have to have their identity on the ticket in case they cause problems. So that they can be quickly identified to be kicked out, banned for life, arrested, jailed, yes, et cetera. Oh, man. Because the whole idea seemingly was that there was major threat of violence. Okay? Oh. So we get up to the stadium and trying to buy tickets. I'm like, where do we go? Where's the line? How do we get in? Finally have to scalp on the street. And you have, like, this network of, like, a dozen scalpers that all come together and, like, bum rush you, and I, again, can't, I don't understand anything that's going on. Right. Eventually, Wanty negotiates for two tickets, but I have to give them my driver's license so that they can take down my name because you have to have your name, and they double-check your identity when you walk in the building. That is really going to drastic limits here. So these, how about how advanced this scalper system is? They do the transaction. They get your information, your name, et cetera. They change the transaction on their phone. And then they have a personal handheld printout that they then print out the physical ticket from their handheld device. So advanced technology, but so far behind in how tickets should be sold. Should be, but I guess, I guess that this is the way that they prevent real troublemakers. Jeez Louise, this seems like a lot of hurdles. I would have gotten on a plane and headed back at that point. It was outrageous. It was the craziest day, one of the craziest days I've ever had, because I said, how many days do you ever wake up in your life where you have no idea how it's going to turn out? You have no idea. And you're communicating at a very basic level. Totally. I had no idea what my day was going to look like. How do you sit there and have lunch with a guy you can't talk to? You you work hard at that. You Okay, you work hard. It's little bits here, little bits there. I'm trying to pick up as much Fake Spanish. laughs, I'm assuming. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, polite smile, polite, yeah, see, see, see. Just, but it's hard. It's really, really hard. Oh, man. So we go inside the stadium. Now, this was the one that was rocking. You know, you have a huge supporter section. They're dancing, they're chanting, they're singing, and it was awesome. Um, where we bought tickets, though, was kind of in, like, the expensive section. So it was, like, midfield, 50-yard line. Now, expensive was like a $30 ticket or something like that, 35 bucks. I think it was 90 so Not exactly the legend suites at Yankee Stadium. No, no, but we bought. I wanted the most expensive sick tickets thinking they were going to be the best seats. Right. And in the action, no, the way that it goes, the most expensive seats are the safest seats. That makes sense. So we were sitting the in the safe seats. The riffraff are the dangerous seats. But I wanted to go at halftime to go see, and this is a big stadium, so I said, we'll, we'll buy beer here. Can't buy beer there either. There's no concessions, no nothing. They don't want people hammered in the stadium. Soccer and no beer. You got to buy beer outside the stadium. People come in liquored up. I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm out. Of course, because anything that would be difficult for you, you don't want to do. 100%. Yeah. I'll get culture somewhere else. I'll watch YouTube. Sure. And that's a great way to really feel exactly like I, (laughs) I felt. So I wanted to go in the supporter section at halftime to be in the dancing area, the chanting area, and that was behind the goal. And there were kids in there. So I said, how dangerous could it right. be? 
Try to go in there at halftime with Wanty. They have giant bars at that part of the concourse where that part of the stadium, you know, the lower bowl, let's say, you can't get to that lower part of the bowl and they can't get to you. Huge uh, huge bars and padlocks and spikes at the top because they want to keep those people penned in. They can't even get to your part of the stadium if there's nobody in the stadium, like within the seats area, barbed wire, chicken wire. And we think we could brag about Veteran Stadium in Philly having a prison in it? That's exactly right. Veteran Stadium looks like kindergarten compared to where I was. <laughs> it was incredible. I said, I can't even get in there. I cannot walk in with a more expensive ticket. I can't go in. It's like if you sat behind home plate and you wanted to go up to the bleachers. They wouldn't let you. They wouldn't let you. They're like, you can't go in there. Now, at any point, did you feel scared or? Not once. No. Wow. Not once. You're a now- better man than me. I would be. I'd be a little on my toes. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that type of crowd. It didn't feel angry or violent or whatever. It. It just. It seemed like a fun soccer atmosphere, and it. There and there was so much security around. It's like what could happen. There's like 12 people behind me that is an AK-47. Like, you know, they could shoot me, but not Andre Karolanko either. No. So it was a wild experience. The only thing was I couldn't get tons of great footage because I didn't want to like break out my phone and right. somebody grabs it. Correct. Says you're not allowed to do this here. Yes. It's smashed like Tom Brady in a deflate gate. And I can't negotiate my way out of it because no. I don't know too much Spanish. Next thing you know, you're with Liam Neeson wondering what happened. Zip ties around you. I have a particular set of skills. So it was wild. Truly, truly wild. And I wanted to spend some time talking about it because I don't think I would do it on the air because it's not a topical sports story. Well, that's what the PGP is for. That's it's what the, the show behind for. the show. And this Nomad's going to be great. I'm just I'm trying to get the footage down to really capture because I really want to do this justice. I have a lot of awesome footage, so I can't wait to put this out. Well, get taken. I got a 10-hour flight in three days. You know? Okay, I don't think kill. it's going to be ready for that. Oh, but, but, but maybe on your flight back. The flight back, okay. I can live with that. Number two, speaking of sports uh, experiences, we talked today about Peter Schwartz going to the Long Island Ducks game, independent baseball team, and blowing off game four to watch at home of his beloved New York Islanders in the playoff. Now, this is... As far as the Islanders have gotten since the 80s. Right. And he said, forget it. I am going to go to the Long Island Ducks game. You called him out on Twitter. He fired back with his five points of light. Yeah. His his, his missive. His five bullet points. Put you right in your place. And you immediately turtled. And we clowned you on the show on Tuesday. Do you feel any worse after the clowning? Look, I admit it was... I should have committed once I sent the first tweet to dig my heels in. I admit, though, I thought he'd be annoyed, but I thought he would have some kind of goofy joke. I didn't expect the actual anger and hostility, (laughs) which maybe stems from everything that happened with his son and the Halloween stuff. Maybe there's still some hostility there. Uh, I will say, that's me, though. I'm playing that bit back. That is still part of me where I'm like, oh, hey, I got your back. Where obviously I don't if I poke the bear to begin with. And that's where my own phoniness sometimes comes back to bite me. So, overall, bad job by me. But I still laughed at it, and I still think he's the bigger fraud, not me. So, I did want to ask you this. Do you think his immediate clap back at you and vulgarity, he was obviously angered and and hostile. For sure. Stemmed from Halloween when his oldest son was trick-or-treating and taunted your aunt's Halloween cost, uh, Halloween Correct. decorations. He didn't know it was your aunt. Your aunt didn't know it was Peter Schwartz's kid. But push comes to shove, this young 13-year-old said to your aunt, 
you know, your Halloween decorations stink, and my dad thinks they would stink as well. And she said, who's your dad? And he goes, oh, he's a big wig over at CBS. Uh, CBS, WFAN, yeah. Peter Schwartz. And then your aunt asked you, do you know Peter Schwartz? And then that came to fruition. He debates the the legitimacy of that story. We know his son. We've seen him at block parties. And where would we get that from out of thin air? Yes. And so why would his aunt, why would your aunt make that up? Do you think it stems from that? Yeah, I think what happened here is that whole circus, if you will, because that's exactly what it was, led to a level of distrust. He held some anger that we wouldn't let it go. Right. And now lying dogs have been lying or sleeping dogs have lied. And I think now this is the first step back where all of a sudden I pop back up bashing him for something and he's hypersensitive to it. Yes. Because it involves him, again, being a fraud. He would never come on the PGP, right? No, I think those that ship is sailed. There's, there's a lot of people who, over time, I don't think will come <laughs> on any more PGPs. But I'm glad you brought that up because we do have permission graded profiles coming up next. I know. And so one last thing before the PGP permission graded profile is that Mike McCann, when you were doing overnights on Saturday night... Now, wait a minute. ...wanted to drop a reference going inside the Kentucky Derby and the controversial end and dropped a Isley Brothers. Now, wait a minute. Make me want to shout. And he says, now, wait a minute, in a very announcer voice. And that's become a drop on the show Monday and Tuesday. People are hashtagging it, our listeners. Do you think... That drop lasts the tale of time, or do you think it's a flash in the pan? Because we've used it approximately 25 times already. I think it lasts because it's a saying that we could always use in another story. Like, now wait a minute. But you play it that way. Now wait a minute. I think because of what it is, I think it'll survive. It has some. I could see koozies in 2019 saying in the DA show, now wait a minute. Okay, so you think it could be a little wet, little drippy? I think it can. I think it has a little, little wet, little drippy in it. Because you're right. Because it, it's wide usage. You can get it m- multiple. You could ways. say now, wait a minute, without thinking. Every time we think of now, wait a minute, we're going to think now, wait a minute. Yeah, I like it. Wait a minute. The moment I heard it, I knew bingo. Sound check. We're good Monday. And luckily, you were hosting, or else we would never know. And that makes us wonder how much are we not knowing? PGP is here. Permission granted profiles. This is the first episode where Mraz will delve into our cast of thousands and get the story behind the story. And this week, it's Binghamton Rumble Pony's voice, Jacob Wilkins, who, as you talk to, used our motivation to help launch his career. Yeah, we get really in-depth here in our first episode of the Permission Granted Profiles, and uh, Extreme Jakeover will be referenced. And you might find something interesting. Maybe Jacob isn't brushing off what happened so quickly anymore. It's the Permission Granted Profiles, Episode 1. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome into Side B of the PGP. This is Mraz, host of Side B and the executive producer of the DA Show, and a very special Side B today, the first in the new instated series by DA the PGPs, the Permission Granted Profiles, where we look inside some of the DA show members past and present, check in on how they're doing now, go a little more in-depth. And look, this first one up is a major one because if there were a DA show Hall of Fame, I would suspect this following person would be in there. Many a big call over the years, the chicken challenges, the wienerships, and then we saw the fall with that segment we don't want to talk about from Las Vegas, arguably the worst segment ever, and now... We get to the point where we have Jacob Wilkins. Jacob Wilkins joining us from Binghamton, New York. Jacob, hello. 
Well, first of all, Mraz, this isn't about me. I mean, this is a big promotion for you, right, to get this, you know, series, this package that you're being paid lucratively for to do these PGP profiles. I didn't know about this. Yeah, I actually, I think would think it's more of a punishment because DA was on vacation last week and I didn't put out a PGP, so suddenly he wanted to teach me a lesson on there's always something to talk about. I came up with well, this I, 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 No one knows better than I do about being in the DA doghouse. But don't you think we need it? First of all, not, this is not your fault. I'm, I'm actually in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, because we're on the road. Uh, so we started in Portland uh, and then uh, are in Harrisburg to open up a series uh, tonight. But uh, So, yeah, really exciting stuff. Yeah, and, and on that note, let's just say Jacob Wilkins, who we kind of busted his chops on on the whole Jacob Wilkins Extreme Jakeover we busted his chops on when he was at the winter meetings. You have landed a play-by-play gig and a pretty big one doing double-A baseball for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Congrats, Jacob. Thanks, Merez. And that's what I mean. Didn't we have to hit rock bottom in Vegas, as many have, in so many different ways, uh, to get to this point? No, I mean, this is uh, it, it's more than I could have imagined, Sean, and um, uh, it's been a crazy but exhilarating first week, and I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. All right, so let's just get into this right off the bat. Number one, <laughs> right. uh, so you get the call to go up to Binghamton, and obviously this is something you've been waiting for for a long time, to find the perfect yeah. role, play-by-play role, and I know all of us on the DA show are thrilled because this is all we've ever wanted for you. Uh, Thank you. Now, as you kind of you know find your craft and own your craft and all, and all of that, is there any part of the you know DA show play-by-play calls of the past, the wienerships, the chicken challenges that uh, you know can lead to big-time home run calls for you or anything like that going forward? Yeah, I knew that question was going to come. Um, <laughs> actually, are we actually, that obvious? A, two minutes in. Well, I th- I thought yeah I thought I, th- I thought the call was going to come from DA. Like you know, can you go through some calls on the air? Now the beauty is that. You know, we're going to have, you know, you have tune in, you have, you know, our night tape ops who do such a great job, can be pulling on every Rumble Ponies broadcast and get the actual home run calls. I mean, we don't have to reenact anything. Great um, point. Yeah. And, and put, them, put them to work. You know, those guys, they only have uh, 12, you know, other MLB games going on. Um, no, but nothing's but, more important than Rumble, Tone, Rumble Ponies baseball. And, Jacob, before yeah. you continue, I will say we did play one call that was put up on the minor league baseball site. Where uh, oh, really? at the end, I felt very bad for you. Went top, bottom of the fifth. You had you got a little confused on the inning. <laughs> yeah, that's been you know. There's a couple of adjustments like that. I find you know you keep score during the game, and um, uh, I have this bad habit of not recording like the final out, and I I, I got a little twisted. Uh, I flipped the scorebook over a little too quickly. So yeah, that that. that one of those, you, know, you get the early season growing pains or mid, well, we're about a month in, but obviously my early season, quote unquote, growing pains out of the way and uh, won't happen again. Now you say scorecard. Are you going full-blown baseball broadcaster keeping score as you go here? Oh, you have to. Right. I mean, I always did that for LA Brooklyn. You know, like when I do any game I do, you have to keep score. I mean, or else you're, you're dead in the water. Right. Um, and and so I use the Bob Carpenter scorebook, Bob Carpenter, the voice of the Nationals, and uh, and and it's great. Yeah, got to got to fill that out. That's a must. So this is this is unbelievable. Now you you go up to Binghamton, and obviously, as we know and we hear about as fans and as bro, you know as broadcasters aren't involved, the bus trips, the road trips, those minor league mm-hmm. bus trips. And you just mentioned you're in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Now you went from Portland, Maine to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. How are these bus trips up there? Well, I got really thrown right into the gauntlet. So, Merez, we had a six-game 
series in Portland, okay, over four days. We left after Wednesday night. I got up to Binghamton Tuesday, okay? A lot of doubleheaders, huh? Yeah, two doubleheaders because earlier in the season, the team was up in Portland for three games. All three games got rained out. They never left the hotel. So then Tuesday, uh, Wednesday I did – it was my predecessor Tim's last day, so I, like, sort of did the game alongside him. Um, And then we left right after that game for Portland, did the six games in four days with two doubleheaders. Then the team uh, got on an eight-hour trip uh, to Harrisburg, and that second doubleheader was on Sunday, so we left around 7.15, got in at 4.15 in the morning, Monday morning. And uh, fortunately, the guys had a day off uh, Monday, and uh, we'll play the three-game series tonight. Unbelievable! That is a lot of freaking travel. But uh, now you're yeah. okay. Now, what's the situation? You getting snacks on this bus? How does this work? <laughs> I. That's funny that you mentioned that because one of the things I realized I have to do is bring more snacks and like healthy snacks because it's easy to fall into that. Like, let's get some more chips. I mean, you right? Rest. Anyhow, um, sorry, that was a layup. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, so I got to bring like more protein bars and stuff. Uh, we actually stopped at around midnight at like, I think it was in the Hudson Valley, like one of those gas station stores. The place went from empty to 30 guys just, and these guys, you know, obviously need to stay well hydrated, well with all the nutrients and can, can eat. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think the, the store owner might have been a little overwhelmed at midnight thinking he was just uh, shutting down. But, um, yeah, unbelievable. He, but but it's but the bus is great. I, I'm not that bothered by long bus rides as long as, again, I got to bring my protein bars as long as I'm uh, not hangry. Right. Yeah. We don't want to see a Jacob Wilkins hangry. You could turn into Badlands Booker real quick. You know. Oh, your, my gosh. Who could forget that? Your last appearance on the T. Hay show was yeah. that extreme Jake over, I believe. Yeah. And by the end, you know, you had some good tips and the shoes and everything else like Lisa, with yeah. Lisa Ramos. And I think you ended it in the PGP by saying, you know, nothing you really, uh, you know, that learn there is going to really necessarily change anything. It's just about keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. Right. So you finally get this call from the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. <laughs> now, there's no there's no shame in, in telling us no. Did anything, uh, is there anything you take from extreme Jake over moving forward now as you become a real true professional? Yes. Well, let me, let me, I am prepared to make a statement today. Okay. Um, that now I am not going to say extreme Jake over contributed to my, to taking this job. Okay. Professionally. But what I will give a mea culpa, a semi, no, I'll give a full apology uh, for being reluctant on Extreme Jakeover because I have found the knowledge that Lisa provided on the Chelsea boots um, and on the nails, but particularly on the shoes. And I'm always been, I've always been a shoe guy, but I have these nice, actually they're sitting right next to me, um, like summer shoes, uh, Alfani, uh, that people really like the blue suede. It's just, it, it, it piqued my interest and I'm looking forward to maybe getting some Chelsea boots, even me and Billy Jack alone, of course, of uh, CBS sports radio fame right. and other great, um, have been talking about his Chelsea boots and how much I like them. So uh, Lisa has done something far more than helped my career, but she's precipitated a shoe conversation uh, in the CBS Sports Radio newsroom um, and, and certainly up my fashion game. So I, I will thank DA. You can replay this over and over for inviting me on the Extreme Jake over. 
Uh, and, and I can't speak for what Shep got out of it, uh, but, but I certainly uh, am happy I did it. My guess would be nothing that Shep got out of it because I still don't well, see it. Well, look, that's what I was <laughs> inferring, but, you know, why, why, so why, when, when you can say it, why should I? Right. Okay. And now, you know, we'll leave you on this note as uh, you've been kind enough as a big play-by-play voice to give us sure. any, any amount no, of time. Uh-huh. So, look, the Binghamton minor league franchise there has supplied some, some, Big boomers in Major League Baseball play-by-play voices as well as, mm-hmm. as DA's gone over on the air. So we're obviously hoping for this trajectory for you. Will you forget us if you become a Major League play-by-play voice, or will there always be room for Jacob to come back in studio on the DA show? Oh, I was always concerned about the other way around. Look, um, well, you never know I with am... any ego with you, Jacob. You never know. With my ego? You, if you could grow one. Oh, oh, I don't think I don't think you have anything to worry about. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you know. That that's silly, but honestly, it's like I'm just um, not to be cliche. I'm so excited about this job. I mean, this is not about using this as a, a springboard. I mean, here I'm just trying to get through today and the game notes and everything. So I'm really fired up. Uh, you know, there's great prospects here. The front office is great. I mean, I'm just ready to go. I just love being in the ballpark. These ballparks, Mraz, are great. I mean, this is you know, in the cities, Portland, uh, Harrisburg's park is great. So. Yeah, Hartford's um, yeah. got a nice new park too that you'll get. Hartford's to. the best, I think, and or one of the best um, uh, of, of the parks we visit. You know, they are right in downtown Hartford. This is great, Jacob. This is unbelievable. I really, we're we're pumped for you. All kidding aside, all joking aside, Thanks. you know, we we've gone over how many big events over the last six years of the DA show that you've been the focal point of, the voice of, and to see you doing big things. I know we really like to bust chops on the show. But I know DA's pumped, and I'm pumped for you. And look, this trajectory of your career this is unbelievable. So we're really, really, genuinely excited for you. No, thanks, man. And yeah, I, I, I always, you know, everything sort of leads to 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 where where I am now, and uh, you know, the all the the fun we had on the show, and obviously. Uh, off the air to help uh, you guys have provided. I really appreciate it. And look, if I don't, what's the best player on the Rumble Ponies? Just give me a name. Well, uh, one of the top prospects to look out for is Andre Jimenez. Uh, he's, I think he is the Mets' number one prospect. Pete Alonso's still listed, but obviously um, he's doing uh, yeah. plenty in the majors, so Jimenez would, would be a guy. Uh, Anthony Kate, tonight's starter, actually from Stony Brook, uh, uh, Mraz, um, is is a guy that also um, has been pitching really well and is someone to look out for. When mm-hmm. do you come? Well, if we don't get by, I would say, Labor Day and Anthony Jimenez – is twerking his face. Andres, Andres. Andres Jimenez is twerking yeah. his face. I think you failed us. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that will come up. At, you know, right in the bottom of the fifth on that sack bun. Sure. <laughs> Jacob Wilkins, the new voice of the Binghamton Rum- Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Jacob, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, buddy. Well, there you have it. Jacob Wilkins, voice of the Chicken Challenge, voice of the Wienership, owner of the worst segment in DA show history. Jacob Wilkins, now voice of the Binghams and Rumble Ponies. And that is your first of the Permission Granted Profiles. I hope I've pleased DA. I hope I've pleased all of you. This is Merez signing off on this week's Permission Granted Podcast. And remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CBS. Have a great week, everyone. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.